It's episode 41, Annex Wealth Management's SWAT podcast, Monday, March 6th, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. It's insight and perspective from members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee, fresh every Monday morning. Matt Moore is the investment team manager, joins us. Welcome. Hey, Danny. Jason Cooper, research analyst. Welcome to you. Hey, Danny. Todd Boyd is our chief investment strategist. Welcome to the show. Thanks. So let's start off just the upcoming events of this week and maybe next week. Tomorrow, we got consumer credit. Key issue, if it increases... The economy's strong, it's gas to the economic engine, or our consumers tapped out, and a good insight to that is revolving credit and determining whether we're running out of savings. The JOLTS index is coming out. It's expected to be 11 million strong again. It's a fade point that the Fed wants to see weaken without increasing unemployment too much. And then the big one on Friday is the employment report. If you recall last early February, we had the employment report for January as a blowout number. This Friday, we're going to find out if that was an aberration uh, or not, or if the, the, the labor market is that strong. And it's expected, numbers are expected to come in about 240,000. So, kind of this back to normal levels of uh, payrolls. Let's start off, though, and move right into strengths and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think right now, as I'm looking at it, the strength of the corporate balance sheet is what um, appears to be a big strength for me. When we're looking historically compared to, let's say, 15 years ago in the S&P 500, 44% of companies had long-term fixed debt on their balance sheet. Now, with rates rising, that that stat's going to become even more important because as of right now, it's about 78% of fixed-rate debt is long-term. So, as the Fed continues to increase interest rates, the effect that that will have on at least large-cap companies is going to be muted for a little while. Um, and the cost of servicing the debt is relatively low, 3.5% versus the Fed's run funds rate of almost 5 at this point. So those companies have some room to run. I think the area that we need to really watch out for there is those companies that are either smaller, that are non-profitable yet, um, or have to keep floating rate or short-term debt you know, on their balance sheet as they as they roll forward, that's going to spike up pretty fast. I'm not sure if you guys see that so far in your earnings calls and what you guys see, but that's something that really stood out to me so far this week. Jason, what do you think? I think that's very well said, and it's the same thing for the consumer. When you look at the consumer, the largest portion of debt tends to be their mortgage, you know, owning their home. And there's a great chart going around from Goldman Sachs, and it highlights that 99% of borrowers have mortgage rates lower than where they are now. But if you go into the data, 73% of borrowers have a fixed rate mortgage of between 0 and 4%. So these are buyers that locked in low levels of interest. And peri- right now, there's a period of inflation, which even at the terminal rate, we still expect it to be higher than that 0%. I think at Annex, we're saying somewhere between 3 and 5% is the most likely outcome. Well, as the price index rises, those consumers that locked in low levels of interest on their homes, they're paying less and less of their real discretionary income to satisfy that obligation on a go-forward basis. Any other strengths or you want to move into weaknesses? Well, it would be bad if we didn't mention the, the strong labor market. I mean, you highlighted the JOLTS numbers and non-farm payroll report coming out this week. But just looking at continuing jobless claims, I think it was like 190,000 last week. We're just really not seeing an uptick there yet. So it'll be interesting to see what the data looks like Friday. Weaknesses is one where the firm, strong labor market is, is tying in the margins and margins declining, pressure on margins. Sales minus cost is income divided by sales is margins. And what you can get out of margins is the competitive advantage a company has, the cost, their inventory management, and so forth. 
doesn't matter if it's in dollars, yen, or euros. The point is pressure on margins, not a problem for us because it's about relative margins to the rest of the industry. And your, this is a, you know, and I'll talk more about it in opportunities, but the weakness is that the pressure on margins may seem to be a weakness, but can be a, an opportunity as well. And we'll talk about that. Inflation is a weakness. Inflation is a good thing, you think. And it can be a, considered a strength because it's going up. But is it going up because of monetary expansion, monetary stimulus, or is it going up because of excess demand? Well, it's not going up because of excess demand. It's going up because, obviously, monetary easing the last 10 years So and fiscal spending. So now you got a situation where inflation's going up in the U.S., of course, the rest of the world. But I suspect come June, year-on-year inflation numbers headline are going to be lower because of the base effects, not the case in Europe. And so the Europe situation is one where you got to determine is is inflation rising because of their stronger economic growth or monetary stimulus as well. And so with that said, you could see a likelihood that the dollar could be stronger heading into June versus the euro because that higher inflation number means a weaker currency. That's my weakness. Well, we've we've already seen inflation break-evens in the United States move up dramatically. So that that's effectively the market pricing in what inflation will be over a specific time period. Now, over the next one and two years, break-evens are up 150 basis points. Over the next five and 10 years, break-evens are up about 50 basis points. Right. So the market's already starting to discount that this inflation might be a little bit more persistent than it initially expected. Right, right. And, and that's a source of weakness because it pushes up. You, you look at the almost any yield this year on the Treasury, and it's up pretty dramatically. Right. So that, that causes a lot of pressure in fixed income land. Right. Another weakness I might add is productivity is low. Not a good thing. And with that, the key point is if you want stronger economic growth and low inflation, you want higher productivity. And there's a potential that productivity will rise with this AI revolution and what we heard from earnings call in, from NVIDIA a couple of weeks ago. Matt, you look like you have a a weakness you want to mention. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would actually be the other side of Jason's strength about about mortgages is that it's you're in a great spot if you own the house already and you have that low fixed rate mortgage. But if you're looking to buy a house right now, you know, you really have to change what your mindset was from just a year ago. You know, interest rates on a 30 year mortgage is give or take around seven percent. According to the Case Shiller home price index, home prices though are only down about three percent. You would think that with rates going up as high as they are, you'd see more of a pullback, but because people have those fixed rate mortgages, why would you move? Unless you're forced to, you're going to stay locked into that house for a while. So if you're looking to buy a house, get ready for your monthly payment to jump up quite a bit from what you thought it was going to be, or you're buying a smaller or or less expensive house um, just to offset just what that interest rate is. I know my wife and I have been having that conversation recently because we are in a high tax area of switching to a lower tax area, but it gets eaten away right away just by the interest rate change and really becomes not financially smart in order to make that decision and move. Yeah, in your case, Matt, you know, looking at a house over a million dollars, it's probably down... (laughs) 300,000 for the same payment just because of interest rates. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. (laughs) And just on top of that, it's interesting because a lot of the risk off securities on the equity side are are also weak on a year to date basis. So utilities are the worst performing sector. You can kind of think about that as an interest rate proxy due to the high dividend yield. They're down 6%, healthcare is down 5%, and consumer staples are down 2%. And the last thing I just want to mention real quick is the weakness in the economy and the leg effects of these interest rates. September, November, December, 
February rate hikes will show up in the economy. And and you, you're seeing more and more forecasters, especially at J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, or, or some of the major brokerage firms, um, downgrading their estimates and expecting earnings to, to really take a hit. That lag effect could be six, nine months, and some would say even longer. And boy, if, if that's the case, you're looking at much more weakness as we head into the later part of this year, when initially it was thought that this summer would be probably the worst of it. Um, you want to move on to opportunities. JC, you want to take that one? So we've been discussing AI internally a lot. I mean, it's a hot topic, but I think everyone kind of goes into it with almost this pessimistic view that nobody's going to have jobs and we're going to be locked in these little pods on a go forward basis. And more opportunistically, even going back to computing power, when IBM's Deep Blue beat Gary Gasparov in chess, he was a grandmaster. Everyone kind of thought, okay, that's it. The human intellect can't surpass computers. We're doomed. Same story, you know, it was 20 years ago. But what happened? Instead of computers being better than humans, you now have grandmaster chess tournaments where humans partner with computers. Because the computer can beat the human, but a human and computer together can beat a computer. So you end up with this, with this new sport where humans are with the computers fighting other computers with humans. And I think it's going to be the exact same thing happening across all of these different industries that we're examining. And one of the big benefits from, you know, just the formation of computing power and the internet, people always talk about how you look at a stock trading at 10 times revenue. And historically, there were very few securities trading at 10 times revenue, and most securities don't deserve to trade at 10 times revenue. But there's a big difference between a cloud enterprise deriving 70% margins in 2018 versus a steel stock with 7% margins in 2000. My point being, this is going to unleash immense human productivity by partnering humans with machines in a new way. And that could be beneficial over the long term towards margins. And what's beneficial towards margins is beneficial towards stock prices. So everyone on the team knows I'm a long term stock market bull. And I think this is just another reason to be excited. Well, now that ties right back into that productivity. You need that, you know, like we had in the late 90s. You know, for five years, I won't mention the firm, but they're pounding the table on higher inflation, higher inflation. But productivity was so strong that we didn't have higher inflation. And that, that went on for quite a while. Now we're, I'm looking at this saying, are we going through another phase like that? And it's going to be much faster, I think, than the Internet revolution. But I wanted to mention that this tie-in with AI and margins and so forth and individual companies gives us insight into funds and the analysis and screening of funds. As we look to how we manage assets for our clients, you know, the ability to leverage the technology that's at our hands to screen for a wide array of, of funds that are out there fun families that, frankly, maybe we didn't even hear of before because they're they're new, they're young, and they're just getting started. Um, certainly a lot that our clients, you know, ask a lot over time of, of seeing new fund companies in there. A lot of that comes from the technology that we're able to use to really develop a scanning process, a due diligence process, of meeting those portfolio managers there, creating that relationship with them, whether or not we use the fund or not, but to gain insight into what they're doing or what else they're seeing and, and what we can leverage that for other places. And then ultimately, you know, like over the last couple of weeks, we've met with a, a 
handful of managers to get their insights and what they're doing, insight into areas that maybe we don't have a, a, a full bench. In this case, emerging markets, we met with a few emerging markets funds. You know, we're not traveling to China. We're not traveling to countries around the world to get what's really happening there. So to be able to get that insight and, and pull through to that due diligence and how we monitor investments is, is really, really key. To that point about the drill down, you got you got a conversation with other portfolio managers that's really fruitful, whether it's in the fund side or the individual stock and bond side, which we've managed for better part of 30, 35 years. We deal with both of those. Um, if we're good with opportunities, we want to talk about threats. We talked about how interest rates have been increasing. Increase in yields is a threat to growth to a degree. You know, if you want to take on debt in order to finance capital expenditures or buy a new home, so a new construction, it's becoming more prohibitively expensive. So just the lack of investment that transpires from higher rates acts as a headwind. You know, another threat, this is unrelated to what we do. I mean, directly into the commodity markets is this transition from La Nina to El Nino. And we're going through that period right now. So it, it's reminiscent of 2012 where we were going through that. And then, and we had a great growing crop season and all of a sudden we hit, get hit with a drought. Yeah, so this is great for SWAT because not only can we provide you with investment ideas, but we're also better than the weatherman. <laughs> well, you know who is better than the weatherman is commodity analysts. And, and they hire firms, hire meteorologists. And one I like is Sean Hackett. He's, he's usually on uh, uh, Market to Market, and I try to catch him when he's on there. But he has a great piece on just that the, the, and, and the idea that the, of the 100-year drought and so forth. I won't get into it. But that impacts our thought on input cost, final end user markets, mutual funds internally if we want a, we met with a fund company that has a commodity fund uh, or a real asset fund. And, and that's an important part of a client portfolio, whether it's individual securities in terms of fertilizer companies or food companies, or it's a, it's a, in the form of a fund. We, we deal with both. Got any other threats? Just this mindset of Jason teaming up with a computer and dominating the chess world. <laughs> oh, no, that's my brother. I pictured that too. Yeah. <laughs> and another threat, so Mohamed Alarian, he used to be co-head at PIMCO. He had an interesting piece out speaking about Fed credibility, um, the decision to potentially have a Fed hike at 50 basis points versus 25 basis points with inflation heating up. And basically what he said is, you know, you have the Fed, which uses forward guidance. And the fact that they guided that the new normal would be 25 basis points only to see inflation accelerate, you know, it just kind of, to him, highlighted that it's a lose-lose situation. Either they're bad at forecasting or their forward guidance mechanism won't be as effective on a go-forward basis. Let's roll around the room and uh, check our headlines. Headline strength, who's got that? We've got businesses and consumers that locked in really low levels of interest on their debt. Headline weakness? It's a tough mortgage market for anyone looking to buy a house. Headline opportunity? Application of AI and increased productivity between now and the end of the decade. And our headline threat. Central bank forward guidance from the Fed not being as effective on a go-forward basis given dispersion in data. Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast. It's episode 41. Jason Cooper, research analyst. Thank you. Thank you. Matt Morris, the investment team manager. Thank you. Thank you. Todd Voigt, chief investment strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. Thank you. 
Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management, LLC, nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.